1: Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell.
0: So I mean, going from twenty thousand in a month to eight hundred and fifty thousand in a month is more than just a little bit of growth. I mean, you guys absolutely exploded in the last few months here. Let's talk more a little bit specifics about this, if you guys can get into it. What what would that what did that funnel look like? Was it like one big product that you started pushing? Was it through a webinar? Like were you selling high ticket? How like how did you go from twenty thousand a month to almost a million.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, I mean, there, I would say there's, there's a few big pieces of it. So regarding the offer it is, it's been one offer. We just released our backend, which is, which is actually a mastermind program as well. Um, but it, it's, it's through a high ticket coaching program. It's about seven grand. Uh, and so that's kind of the offer and then how we're acli- acquiring clients is all through the growth of our Facebook group. Which we can, which will I'm sure we'll touch on a bunch during this this episode. Yeah, let's um, let's, let's let's get into yeah. it a little bit right now. Yeah, cool. yeah, let's do it. So you know, so we so here's kind of the backstory on groups, and then we'll let you ask us some questions and things. We can kind of rap about it, but how we got started with in groups is so 2015 we start working with Mark at the very end of it, and again, Mark's like this big culture guy. And he had a buyer's Facebook group. He had about two thousand clients inside of like a buyer's Facebook group, and it was like clients that he generated over you know ten years of, of internet marketing. He had all of those clients in one group. Sure. And he started teaching Sapes and I how to connect to those people, so how to write in ways that's compelling, how to lead communities of people, how to do live video that people would watch. and so he's training Sapes and on all these principles. And over the span of a year or two, we got like really, really good with groups where that that buyer face group was so active, so engaged. And so in 2018, we saw other people that weren't just having client Facebook groups, but they started building, you know, client getting Facebook groups, where it was a part of their lead generation and client acquisition strategy. And so we were like, you know, what would happen if we took all these principles around Facebook groups that's working in this client group? And we used it and took it to a free Facebook group and used it as a way to get clients for our business, like what would happen. So that was January, 2018. And like most people who started a Facebook group, like we didn't know what we were doing, you know, and it, like it's so different running a free public Facebook group with the intention of getting clients and running a group where everyone is already your client. Sure. So we're like, what do we do now? How do we grow this thing? How do we provide content in a way that doesn't eat up all of our time? You know, cause we're we're business owners too. I mean, at the time of us making this, we've got about fifteen full time staff with seven, eight, you know, part time contractors and things like that. So we've got a team. We're business owners, and so it's like, how can we provide content in a way that doesn't eat up our whole day? Right. And then it's you know conversions. Like, how do we convert someone who's just joining our group who just wants free value? How do we convert that person into a high ticket client? So the first year or so, we really didn't know what we were doing. We didn't create a lot of revenue. We didn't really sell anything inside of the Facebook group. And we kind of just had the group, but we were really focusing on kind of like what we saw at the time as like our main business. So leading up to that, how Sapes and I had our, all of our initial success when we were getting clients was really typical internet marketing where it's, you know, you're placing an ad on Facebook, you're driving it into a typical sales funnel with a capture page, a VSL, getting clients and then upselling those clients in a, in a higher higher end packages. So that was how Steves and I had our initial success online. And so I believe it was about middle of 2019. We're kind of looking at it and it's like, what what would happen if we took some of like these, these ad dollars that were pouring into our traditional funnels and we start running this into the Facebook group to like get the group growing faster because the group was growing still just super slow. And it was growing up by a little bit organic, but one of the things we noticed with the organic people is most of the organic people joining the group, like they weren't even in our market. They weren't qualified. They weren't the people sure. we wanted joining. And so we're like with ads, we can really like target people. We can use certain words to attract the type of people we want. So it's like, what would happen if we started getting this group going with ads and it and it like worked better than we could have imagined? We started getting 20, 30, 40, 50 people a day joining the group. Today we're growing our group by about 150 people a day, all from ads. And so we started getting people joining the group. Then we started really dialing in our content strategies and our conversion strategies. And all of a sudden, about the end of 2019, we're like, holy crap. Like we're creating more revenue from our Facebook group than we are from our other strategies. Like let's double down on this thing. So we really doubled down at the end of 2019. And, uh, and now here we are about 10... Uh, back then, we're doing about 20, 30 grand a month. And now here we are about 10 months later. Quite a bit bigger. <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, that's uh, that's one way of putting it.
0: Nothing in my experience, like nothing turns off clients more than the desperation mindset, which is uh, something that you just kind of glazed over. I want to spend a little bit more time on. That's got to be one of the biggest things that, that you can learn. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, hey man, how do I sell more? That's got to be one of the biggest things that you can do right there. Whatever, what, what Dara just said, not having that desperation mindset, but having the abundance mindset to be able to think others first, you second, even though your business might be in a position where it needs revenue, even though you haven't made a sale in a couple of days, like still putting other people's needs needs above your own and not coming from a place of desperation has got to be one of the biggest tips on how to attract more clients into your business.
3: Yeah, thanks um, for elevating that because it sounds counterintuitive to people. They think, oh, happy for you to say that. You're 10 years in. You don't need mm-hmm. to, promise you from day one when I had a loan that I owed to my mother, like I said, my bank account was negative. I was stressed about it all the time. I just knew it had to be that way. And even if you don't believe that, pay attention to the people who treat you that way, to the people who shove a business card in your face and talk over you and just give you their elevator pitch that they've said 60,000 times and it feels so unauthentic. How do you feel on that? Like, does that make you want to help them? Does that make you want to be a customer? Does that make you want to get to know them? And the answer I would guess is unequivocally no. So in that case, Think well—is that the energy that I'm giving other people, or am I burning bridges before I've even built them because I'm coming off that way?
4: Yeah, and real
0: quick too, like who do you want to attract into your life? Because when if playing that game is just a numbers game, right, Dara? So people listening to this are probably in total agreement with you, and they're like, no, I wouldn't do business with somebody like that, but somebody would, or else they wouldn't do it. And that numbers game—eventually, you're going to find somebody who will do business with you if you talk to enough people and throw enough business cards and enough faces. But you really got to ask yourself: is the person that's willing to do business with somebody like? Like that somebody that I want to attract into my circle long term? And the answer to me is a resounding no, because that person's probably very similar. And both of those people are probably takers instead of givers. And if you start building up your circle with a bunch of takers in a decade from now, when you're on to the next venture, who are you going to call on? All you have is a bunch of takers in your circle. Like it's not People th- are thinking so short term about this because I talked to some people and I put out some ads recently about business cards and how I don't like them. And people always respond on there like, oh, well, I did this and that and I have these results from this. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm sure you do, man. I'm not saying that it completely dead and that they will never work. What I am saying is that you're always going to have go. You're always going to have to go back out tomorrow. You're always going to have to show up to the next one because you're always going to have to hand out another business card because so- the people that you're bringing into your network are the people who are just takers and scarcity mindset people themselves. And you're all like those types of people, aren't people that are going to fill your life with abundance. They're going to fill your life with scarce.
3: Well, like you're saying, it becomes almost like the human version of passive income that you're never going to be able to build this passive stream of referrals or of clients if that's not. Yeah. Exactly. Because otherwise, when you're looking at it from the long-term lens and you have this giving mindset and you're acting in those ways, and then you're nurturing those relationships, people are always thinking about how they can look out for you too. There is a natural reciprocity reflex that people have, and it's never why you do it in the first place, but it's just a natural part of being a human that someone does for you and you want to know how you can help them too. And so at some point or another, it's going to come back to you from that person. And, and you're going to be able to be the person who's in the driver's seat, but on autopilot, who's thinking, wow, I don't know how many, how all these leads and referrals are coming in, but it's because you planted the seeds earlier and they're bearing fruit later. And that's the tricky thing is that you can do a lot of these actions. And if you're looking for the instant win and the lightning to strike, exactly like you said, hand out a hundred business cards and one's going to bite, make a hundred cold calls and one's going to say yes. Or you could actually go out and enjoy yourself and have three meaningful conversations, have coffee with one or two of them, pan that into three referrals, which pan into two new referral partnerships, which turn into 20 new business opportunities. And that was actually a pleasant and effortless experience as opposed to putting yourself out there in this way, like you said, where it's just churn and burn over and over. So one of the things that I did and that I encourage other people to try is what I call the give it forward challenge. And this was something that I would secretly do by myself many, many times over when I would get in a place of feeling stuck in my own nonsense or questioning that I had any value to give to people, or. Just Just feeling stressed in general, where I would commit to myself for a 30-day period, and you can do this for as long or short as you choose, to proactively go out once a day to someone, ideally someone that I knew, but not necessarily, and ask them how I could be of service to them in some way, big or small, with no strings attached. And I generally would just say something like, hey, Travis, haven't talked to you in a minute. I'm committing to do this give it forward challenge and help one person a day in some way, big or small, with absolutely no strings attached. And you're that person that I'd love to help today. I'm curious, is there anything that you're working on that you're struggling with or an introduction I could make or a challenge that I might be able to help alleviate or a goal that you're working on or just what's something that might be helpful to you? And I got responses everywhere from... I want to play on the top 50 golf courses in the US. Can you get me on Augusta National where the Masters is played? To, I just need someone to listen or my babysitter just canceled for the night. Can you help me find one? And literally everything in between. Like I help people get jobs. I help matchmake people, like you name it. And what I found from this was multiple fold. One is that I would tell people I'm not a magical fairy. I can't guarantee and promise to you that I'm going to solve this wish or need, but I can promise you that I'm going to try. I also realized how five to 10 minutes of effort a day could be so fruitful and rewarding that these would then deepen the relationships that I would often get a chance to go back to another person to help fulfill on the need and make a mutual three-way introduction, which gave me an opportunity to reconnect and nurture both relationships. I also then was able to recognize how much resource and goodness I had to offer to other people that I was taking for granted. And lastly, how much fun it was that I would feel So joyful every day I do this exercise because the second you get out of your own BS and focus on other people, it brings you joy. It's that whole like selfishness of selflessness Mm -hmm. idea that we think about when we think about giving or being philanthropic or volunteering this is no different and it doesn't matter where you are we have technology this is so simple and I really think this helps shift people to understand how this really works and then it's really important that when someone naturally has the reflex of that was so generous of you how do I help you in return that you simply say I promise you this was no strings attached I want nothing from you but if you want to do anything you can give it forward to someone else and allow it to be paid forward. And I challenge everyone who's listening to give this a try, even if just for a week and see how much it impacts all of those things. And ultimately you'll see a difference in your business too because people will remember and they're going to know that you're that person who cared about them and went out of their way to do something nice for them.
4: I always talk about like when it comes to entrepreneurship and it comes to success in entrepreneurship, you can't 99% it, right? Right. You have to be 100% in. And I think one of the things that I learned very, very early on in my entrepreneurial career was every time I invested, you know, it forced me to go all in. Like I, I would, you know, the whole idea of like you have to burn the boats, like you have to be 100% committed, whether that's mentally, emotionally, energetically, or financially. You have mm-hmm. to make sure that you are 100% in this. Because yeah. if you've got a, if you've got a back door, you're always going to be looking at that back door and finding a way to pull yourself out when times get tough. And I yeah. think that's what it really taught me was like, I didn't have another option. Yeah. So when you don't have another option, you, you get resourceful and you figure out how to make it work.
0: Yeah. And it also, it also taught me to value my time over my money, which is one yeah. of the biggest lessons I've taken away from the last two or three years of, of the personal development and journey and stuff that this, that I've been on is that, is that time is the ultimate asset. Money yeah. is not. And, and too, too many people value money over time. And it's only because of this one thing, ready? they don't have the confidence that they can go generate more money. Yeah. That's the only thing that keeps people from investing. Like me and you are in a $100,000 mastermind together. At the end of the day, the thing that allowed me to invest that money was that the worst case scenario was that I lose $100,000. That sounds like it's a ridiculous thing. But I'm confident enough in my ability to go generate more money that I'm not worried about the fact that I might lose $1,000. Like the potential upside, the potential reward was way outweighing the risk of like worst case scenario, I lose a hundred grand. Yeah. And I think
4: that, you know, the, you, you talk about, you talk about, you know, time that, that, that need, you basically you're buying time back. Um, So when I think about investing in like a mastermind or like a high level program, You know, like specifically, let's think about like the one, you know, the one that we're in right now where we spent a hundred grand on it. It's like, it puts us around people that have been learning and become experts in their space for some of them for a couple of years, some of them for 10 years, some of them for 20 years, right? right? The best in the world when it comes to uh, coaching, mindset, entrepreneurship, social media, marketing, sales, like, you know, everything. Right. And you want to talk about buying time back? Like you're, you're essentially paying to get like that person's 20 years of expertise on solving your problems, Yep. right? Yep. I just paid for 20 years of expertise to, to solve my business problems. Right. Like that's phenomenal.
0: That's, that's the shortcut. Like that's, that's the way to get where you want to go faster than everybody else is going. Absolutely. Yeah. That was,
4: I think that was kind of the thing, you know, when I, when I first started, I knew you know i knew that again like i mentioned i i i didn't have the knowledge i was starting from ground zero i had no network i had no never built a business before i'd never been a coach before uh, and i think the one thing that i knew was like i was going to have to learn and i could you know ra- we all learn from the school of hard knocks we learn from success and we learn from failure but if i could learn from other people's successes and other people's failures so that it expedited my process i was more than happy to pay whatever was necessary to make that happen
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that that's the whole thing, man, is like just getting to the point where that's something that's okay for you. And then, yeah. and then being okay with the results either way, like working your ass off to make sure there's a return. But at the end of the day, if there's not, just understanding that like you know what that was a decision that I made I w- even if I could go back, I probably wouldn't make a different decision, and it only it's, it's like, funny
4: it's, it's funny me. you bring that up because like there's there was one I, I specifically looked back at one mastermind that I invested, and it was when I was first starting off, and it was twelve k yeah, and it was the first mastermind that actually put me into debt mm. and it was the like quote unquote the worst investment I could have made okay it was a terrible mastermind, it was terrible content, minimal support. Yeah. Like it was, I didn't get a single thing from that mastermind. Yeah. But like the, uh, it's interesting the way that you mentioned it, I look back at that and I'm like, like what was the best mastermind that I invested in? It was actually that one. Hmm. And the reason being number one, I learned exactly what I didn't want to be as a coach. Yeah. Number two, it gave me the opportunity to grow as a person and continue to invest in the face of fear afterwards. And it was the next you know, two or three mentors that I ended up working with that really like, solidified the, the recipe for me. And had I given into fear after that one 12K investment put me to, into debt, I would not be where I am today. But yes. it, gave, it showed me an opportunity to continue to guess in the face of fear.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I look back, there's a couple... There was one in particular, it was a fifteen thousand dollar investment um It wasn't a mastermind even it was just something that I bought and I remember like deeply regretting it at the time, just like, man, I feel like I just wasted this money. I could have saved probably ten of this and got it done somewhere else yeah but but at the end of the day like it, it was it was it, it's stuff like that that enabled me, like you said, to be able to continue betting on myself, even when I'm afraid that it may not go exactly as I have it planned and understanding that either way it's okay. Like yeah. either way, if you're not going to
2: die, Travis, you're yeah. not going to die. You're exactly. going to be fine.
0: <laughs> like the worst case scenario is an okay scenario. It's not like the potential reward usually out outweighs the risk in, in some of those scenarios. And, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying to go get yourself in debt willy nilly over stupid transactions. That's not what we're talking about here. Right? Yeah. It's just simply like making the decision that you made, that with the best information that you had at the time and being okay with that and not letting it prevent you from doing something that you feel that you need to do again in the future. Yeah, 100%. Well, cool, man. I, I want to chat with you a little bit about, about relationships and networking because this is building sure. your network. Um, you are obviously huge into mentorship and masterminds into coaching and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about the impact that maybe some of your mentors have had on you in your career?
4: Oh, uh, it's everything. Uh, I think we, you know, we kinda kinda hit on it a little bit, but you know, in terms I've I've been I've been lucky enough to have some of the best mentors in in you know every different space, whether it's uh entrepreneurship and business, whether it's uh you know mindset and self-development, whether it's subconscious psychosomatic work, marketing sales. I've been, you know, I've really been blessed to have some of the best mentors in in pretty much every single space. Um, but again, it really comes back to like. I I think, you know, those mentors have allowed me to grow as a person, as a leader, as a business owner, and as a coach um, through experiences that I've never actually experienced, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like a a good, good friend and mentor of mine, and and you know, Jack Canfield, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like he was one of the first people that I actually reached out to and and, uh, um, connected with, you know, when I, when I first quit my job, I just, you know, basically like, Picked up my phone and googled Jack Canfield phone number, and called up Jack's office and got on the phone with his head of operations for like thirty minutes. Told him my story, and by the end of that thirty minutes, was on on the phone with his uh, right hand woman, Patty Aubrey, and then talked to Jack for a little bit. And thirty minutes later, I had a flight out to Arizona to spend the next three weeks with him and his team.
0: Wow, amazing!
4: Um, But uh, you know, like getting to getting to learn how to be a, a good coach from Jack right? He's been in the space for you know the better part of five decades,
0: right? Right. It's
4: right. like, you can't, you can't learn that on your own. Right. And then you, and then you go look at like business leadership from people like, uh, like Bedros Koolian and Craig Ballantyne and Joel Marion and, you know, all of our friends.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
4: you know, they've all been, they've all been in the online space or owned businesses for, you know, two plus decades and are fantastic marketers, copywriters, salesmen. And, you know, to be able to learn everything that they've learned, you know, over their experiences, over two decades of being entrepreneurs and online entrepreneurs um, you know, it's, it's hard to compare that type of experience and wisdom that they have from living it. You can't learn that from books, right? It's, they've lived it. So it's, it's just different. And being able to absorb that is just absolutely, you know,